Hello, Crossroads family and guests. We are so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. We want to let you know about our website, wherelifechanges.com. There you can find more about church events, ministries, and giving options. Check out Pastor Lee's blog at pastorlee.net. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at crcc underscore social. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wherelifechanges. We really hope that the message today would inspire and encourage you to worship passionately, serve others, and share truth. Now let's jump into the message. Sunday so far, amen? Amen. You guys aren't convincing me. What a Sunday so far, amen? So Pastor Lee, you can praise the Lord, that's good. Pastor Lee is out this week. He is working on his doctorate in San Diego. So he asked me if I would preach, and I'm excited to have the opportunity to share the word with you guys today. Uh, I'm excited for today because we have baptisms. I'm excited for today because the Holy Spirit has really been when working on my heart today, this morning. Um, and I'm going to do something a little bit different this, this, this morning, but I want to jump into the scriptures today. Anybody come in here weary today? Anybody weary or anxious? Anybody at all? Nobody? Everybody's just perfect? Everybody's good? I see some hands up, okay? Anybody come in here struggling with anything today? I mean, just you can put your hands up if you are. Just, just maybe just not sitting just quite right. You know, maybe some anxiety, maybe some trials, maybe some struggles. I see some hands up. Thank you guys for being honest because we all have trials. We all have struggles, we all have issues going on, right? If you're perfect, I'm sorry this message isn't for you because this is for imperfect people. Amen. This church is for imperfect people. And so if you're perfect, you should be up here preaching and not me because no one, none of us are perfect. And so I want to share today this message that God's put on my heart. Um, about the nameless thief. That's the title of my sermon today, The Nameless Thief. And so I just want to jump right into the scripture starting in Matthew. It says, as they were going out, this is Matthew 32. It says, as they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall. But after tasting it, he refused to drink it. But they had crucified him. They divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would illuminate the scriptures to us today, Lord, as we dissect them as we examine them, Lord. Reveal to us what it is that you would have for us, for each one of us individually, for us corporately, and just what you would have for us today, Father God, through your word, Lord. I pray that that I wouldn't be in the way of anything that is going to happen today, Lord, that nothing that happens today would be manufactured, but it would be all led by the power of your spirit, that your spirit would reign free today, Lord, that you would speak through me, that I would be nothing more than a vessel, that my insecurities and my imperfections and my own dysfunction wouldn't get in the way of the message that you have placed on my heart for this congregation today, Lord. Through this service, through the next service, through all those watching online, all across the city, Lord, we just pray that people would be blessed by your word, Lord. And we know that your word doesn't return void, so we trust in that, Lord, and we trust in you that you are going to make a move happen here in this church today. That somebody is going to give their life to you today in this place that a life is going to be changed and multiple lives are going to be changed by the good news of Jesus Christ, by your word and through your gospel, Father God. We love you. 
We are not here for ourselves. We do not do this for ourselves. We are not here to go through the motions, but we are here to experience an intimate and personal relationship with you. Help us, Lord. Help us forget about everything that's going on in our lives, the lunch that we have to go to later, the things that we have to do, the drive to South Carolina, everything that's going on, Lord, everything we have going on in our lives. Help us forget about that and focus in and zoom in with laser-guided focus on you today, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone sit together. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord some praise. It says the charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. That was the charge that was against him. So how do we get here? How do we get to this place where Jesus is crucified on the cross? How do we get here? Well, if we look back at Jesus' ministry, we all know that Jesus preached the good news in the temple and in the synagogues, and he, he created followers and crowds and did miracles, and he upset the, the norm. He upset the status quo. He upset what the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day said was what needed to happen. And he took the kingdom of God, and he brought it here on earth, and he flipped society upside down. And he said, all these religious acts that you're doing, you're missing the mark. You're missing it. All these religious things you're doing... I want a relationship. And he changed everything. And the Pharisees, they didn't like that, so they plotted. They found a way to which they could kill Jesus. They figured out a way to which they could kill him through a man named Judas who betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. And so Jesus is praying fervently in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying, and he's, he's sweating blood. He's praying. He's saying, Father, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. But if you can't, not my will but your will be done. He's saying, not what I want, Father, but what you want. Not my will, but your will be done. And then, he, and then in the scripture, it says, he hears the, his betrayer coming with the, 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 the crowd, and he says, rise. Everybody say, rise. And he rises. He said, the hour has come. And Judas betrays him with a kiss, and they, they take him. He goes before Pilate, and he's tried six times in front of Pilate. He's tried in front of Herod, and they can find no charge against him. Couldn't find no charge against him. But religious leaders shouted, crucify him, crucify him, release Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a murderer. He was an insurrectionist. He was a criminal. And so here we are now. Jesus has been, he has been if you read the scriptures, it, it makes me cry. He, he was, he was beaten with a rod over and over again. He was flogged with a cat of nine tails. He was, had a, a crown of thorns placed on his head and jammed into his brow. The Bible says his face was so disfigured you couldn't recognize him. And he was beaten. He was made to carry his cross. And he was led to the place of the skull. And here he is. And we pick up here in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 38. Disregard chapter 27, verse 38. It says, two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days? Save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel, they said. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God, 
Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. And this is the, the, the part that jumped out at me when I was in my prayer time, which, and I was studying and, and praying last week. It says, in the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults at him. So I want you to imagine right now this picture, this image of three crosses, three men crucified, Jesus in the center, a man to his left, a criminal, a rebel. The word criminal means evildoer. It means wrongdoer. It means, I mean, these guys were bad dudes. They were insurrectionists. They were bad dudes, right? They created an uprising. They were charged with murder, and they're on the cross, and they had been crucified to the cross, which means they had been, they had been, had spikes driven through their, their, their arms and their legs holding to the cross, and the cross was lifted up. And when the cross lifted up, it drops. And, and these men are, are crucified next to Jesus. And we have to understand, they knew who Jesus was because Jesus, the word of him was traveling. There was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. There was word of mouth, right? And pigeons. They tie pigeon. No, I'm just kidding, right? But they, we know that they knew who Jesus was. And they were crucified on the cross. And in their last, I don't have the words to articulate this, in their last breaths, in their dying moments, their hearts were so hard that they were hurling insults at Jesus. They were hurling insults at Jesus saying, you're the Messiah, save yourself, save us, save them. In their last moments, that's what they were doing. But on that cross, we know from, if we put the Gospels together and the time frames together, Jesus was on the cross for about six hours. He was turned over to Pilate at about 6 a.m., or turned over from Pilate about 6 a.m. to be crucified. About 9 o'clock, he was crucified. About 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it went dark. The, tur- the curtain was torn, and he was taken off the cross later on by Joseph of Arimathea. And so we know he's on there for around six hours. Most, most theologians will agree with that. Something changed in one of those criminals. Something changed in one of those criminals. Now, these are hardened criminals. These aren't just in a paganistic society. They're being crucified. Right? They're being murdered. They're being killed. And if we fast forward to the Gospel of Luke, Luke gives a little bit more detail, right? Not a contradiction of Matthew's Gospel, but a, but a compliment to it. Gives a little bit more detail. And something changes here. And I want you to pay attention to what changes. It says, two other men, both criminals. This is verse Chapter 23, verse 32. It says, two other men, both criminals, were also led out to him to be executed. So these two men on the cross, they're led out with Jesus to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals. One on his right, one on his left. And as they were being crucified, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Wow. Wow. We can't even forgive somebody that cuts us off in traffic. Wow. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. So now we get into who's all there. The people, everybody say people, stood watching the rulers, even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he, have got, if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of Jews. His inscription, his charge was blasphemy, that he was the king of the Jews. 
One of, the, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. So we know from Matthew and Mark's gospel that both of them were insulting him. But in this gospel, in Luke's account, he says one of them hurled insults at him. So something changed. He says, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Save us. He's pleading to save us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for We are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, the King James Version says he calls him, he says, Lord, he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you today, you'll be with me in paradise. So we have some people in the scenario. We have the criminals. We have the the soldiers. And they're all mocking Jesus. All of them are mocking Jesus. And that's kind of the state of our world today. A lot of people that are non-believers are mocking Jesus, mocking Christians, right? But every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And one, one day, that's what's going to happen. And then we see here this criminal, he changes his mind. We see this hard-hearted criminal, he's still hurling threats and mocking Jesus, save us, save us. He's asking Jesus to do the very thing that Jesus is actually doing. Isn't that ironic? He's saying, he's saying save us. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's saving us. He's saving them. He's dying on the cross for their sins so they can be forgiven. He's doing the thing that he's asking them to do, and this man doesn't get it. This hardened criminal doesn't get it. He says, you're the Messiah. Save us. And he just doesn't get it. But something changed. I believe that that thief heard Jesus when he was crucified. He says, Father, forgive them. He sees nothing but pure love on the cross coming from Jesus. He sees pure love coming from Jesus on the cross, and, and he says, he says, he rebukes his, his, his buddy. The, the, most theologians believe that these guys knew each other. They were going to be crucified this day regardless of if Jesus was crucified. Barabbas and these two criminals were going to be crucified this day, right? And we, we can deduct from the scriptures that they knew each other. He rebukes his boy. He rebukes his buddy. He says, don't you fear God? As he's hurling insults at Jesus, he's like, don't you fear God? What is wrong with you? This is the Messiah. This is the Lord. Don't you fear God? You're missing it. This criminal, he got it. He got it. It made sense to him. And and we see here in this text, we see that the criminal says he acknowledges Jesus as the Messiah. He says, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He recognizes him as Lord, as master. Is Jesus your Lord and master today? Do you recognize him as your Lord and master? Or are we, are we hard like the criminal? And we think, like Pastor Vanessa was praying, we can do it on our own. We can do these things on our own without God's help. I can do what I need to do without God's help. Because let me tell you, we can't do nothing apart from him. Amen? We can't do nothing apart from him. He recognized who Jesus was. He says, remember me when you come into your glory. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he got an immediate response. Jesus said, today, today you'll be with me in paradise. So he acknowledges that Jesus is the Messiah. He acknowledges that. He also acknowledges that he's a sinner. Hmm, this might sting a little bit. You know we're sinners? Do we acknowledge that? That's powerful, to acknowledge that we are a sinful people, that we are sinful. And we're not out committing you know, murder and things like that as, as Christians, but we're lusting. We're getting jealous. 
We're coveting. We want what other people have. We try to take it. We have impure thoughts. Some of our motives aren't pure. We're sinners, just like this criminal. You can call us criminals. You can call us robbers. But he recognized and he confessed his sin. He says, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, and we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing. So he recognizes Jesus is Messiah. He recognizes that he is a sinner. Recognizes he's a sinner. And he recognizes Jesus is perfect. All from this, in this six hours on the cross and, what, and whatever else he knows about Jesus. He recognizes these three things. And I find it so ironic that these other people are hurling insults at Jesus to do the very thing that he's doing. He's saving them by his death on the cross. He's, he, they're, they're saying, save yourself, save us. If you're the Messiah, and what he's doing is that very thing. Sometimes Jesus is doing the thing we want him to do, and we don't even notice he's doing it. Ooh, the Holy Spirit just gave me that right now. Sometimes he's doing what we want him to do, and we don't even notice that he's doing it. I struggle with self-insecurity and confidence, right? I used to be very arrogant. I used to be very cocky. And I recently had this revelation when I was in the military. I was very arrogant. I was very cocky. I was very gung-ho, highly motivated, truly dedicated, can't be stopped, untouchable, invincible, rising to the top, right? I used to run around saying all these chants and all this stuff, super motivated. Cool. The Lord had to humble me so he could use me. And so I used to pray up until like a month ago. I'd pray for confidence. Give me confidence. He was doing the thing that I wanted him to do. I wanted him to humble me so he could use me. And I didn't even know he was doing it because I wasn't paying attention. Are you paying attention to what Jesus is doing today? Because he's doing something in your life. But we ask him to do these things, and then he does them, and we don't even notice that he's doing the very thing that we asked him to do because we're too busy. We're caught up. And they, all these people were mocking Jesus, saying, save yourself, and he's saving the entire world. He's saving the entire world. <sighs> he is the God that saves. I can't save you. I can't save you. Only Jesus Christ can save you. And he has done the work. He has done the work for you. And so today, my, my question is, is, no matter what you came in here with today, no matter how you came in here, no matter if you came in here weary, if you came in here anxious, if you came in here messed up, if you came in here sinning yesterday, today, this morning, on your way in here, you were blaspheming the Lord, whatever you were doing, whatever you were doing, if you came in here today messed up, don't leave here today the same as you came in here. Don't leave here today the same way that you came in here. Think about what God is doing in your life. Think about what he's doing and acknowledge that he is the Messiah, that he is Lord, that he is the Lord. Acknowledge that we are sinners. And you've got to come to a point in your life where you say, I've had enough of doing it the world's way. I want to do it Christ's way. And this man, as he hung on the cross, he was crucified. He had, I can't imagine the pain. That was the most torturous death that you could imagine happening to these men. One of them hurled insults at him and died in his sin. And he died in his sin. The other one acknowledged Jesus Christ as his Savior, recognized that he was a sinner, and he was with Jesus in paradise. Two 
choices were made on the cross. Two decisions were made that day on the cross. What decision are you going to make? What decision are you going to make? You know, a lot of times as Christians, we get saved and then we stop. We get saved and we stop. We stop seeking the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. Matthew 6, says, seek him first in his righteousness and all these things will be added. We stop seeking the Lord. We stop going after him. We stop chasing him. We're, we stop reaching out for him to, to hold us. And we just say, okay, I'm saved. I'm good. I'm content. Let me tell you today, you weren't made to live just a content life. The Bible says you were created to have a life of abundance, a life to the full. John 10.10 10 says the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Christ has came for you to have life abundantly, blessed. But we got to get out. We got to get out, and we got to realize what God is doing, what he wants to teach us, that he is enough. We have to say, I've had enough today. I've had enough of trying to do things my way. And make a decision, make a choice. Am I going to die on the cross, a sinner, condemned, or am I going to go to paradise? And I believe he wants you to live in paradise today, abundant life now. It's not just to make it through this earth and go through the motions and then get to heaven one day, but live blessed now so that we can carry that blessing to other people. We are blessed to be a blessing, not just take the blessings that I get, put in my pocket, and hold on to them. But I want to sh share those blessings. I guess as we close today, I I'm asking you to stand. My, my question is, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? And what is that relationship? Is it two-way? Is it one-way? You just ask him for things. He's your genie in a bottle. He's your Santa Claus. Or is it a friendship, community? Is it love? Do you have that relationship? How strong is it? Are you sure of your eternity with Jesus Christ today? And if you're not, what are you waiting for? Why not say today, he is the Messiah? Why not say today, I am a sinner? Why not say today, I want to be with you in paradise? Because the only thing holding you back is, guess what? It's you. That's the only thing stopping you. Because he's there. Christ is there and he wants a relationship with you. He's there and he wants a relationship with you. So if anybody today, every, if, if you guys could just close your eyes and, and bow your heads, I want to pray. And I want to ask you this. Do you need to, A, start a relationship with Jesus Christ today? If you need to start a relationship with Jesus today, I just want you to raise your hand. If you need to say that he is your Messiah, he is your Savior, amen, that's awesome. Amen. If you need to start a relationship with Jesus today, hallelujah. If you need to rededicate your life to Jesus today, 
If you need to recommit and you know you have a relationship, but, but you've been slipping a little bit. You've been hurling insults at Jesus by your sin, by your dysfunction, by your attitude, by your decisions, by your behaviors. Just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. That, that you need to recommit to Jesus today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Today is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad because his mercy is made new every single day. And so if you raise your hand today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you today. Come forward to these altars. Come forward to the altar and kneel it down and lay it down at the cross because Jesus Christ is enough. He is your Messiah. He is your Jehovah Jireh. He is enough. I know that's, I, I, I know that's challenging. But I challenge you to come to the altar and lay it down today. If you need me to come up and pray, if you want to pray about something, you want to pray, I'll stand down here and I will pray with you. But don't leave here today without making a decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Don't leave here like the thief on the cross with the hard heart, but leave as the thief who acknowledges he's a sinner, but that he has a Savior. So as I pray, just come forward. I'll pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for your love. Lord, all those hands that were raised for both challenges, Father God, I pray that in Jesus' name, they would accept you today, Lord, and today would be a day of reckoning, a day of transformation, a day of love, a day of peace, a day of rejoicing, because you are our Abba. You are our Father. You are enough. And Lord, I personally know for myself that I can't do it without you. Father God, I need you in my life, and these people here need you, Lord. And you are just waiting for us to come to you. And so today, Lord, we say we've had enough. And we come to you, to your throne of grace, your throne of mercy, with expectation and anticipation of what you're going to do in our lives, Lord. Not as some Santa Claus genie in a bottle, but as our Father, as our Messiah, someone who is worthy to be worshipped. Because you love us. And so we thank you today. Father God, I pray for everybody that has come forward. Father God, I pray for those that right now want to come forward and pray. They want to come to the altar, but fear the enemy, the devil and his tactics are telling them not to come forward, Lord. We rebuke Satan in Jesus' name. Get behind us, not today, Satan. Do not let the enemy win today. Do not let him get a foothold. Make today a day of reckoning and a day of change. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said together, amen. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for your time and listening today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share us with your friends. Also, remember to follow us on social media. If you ever find yourself in the area, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning at 1040 a.m. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.